Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, call day was an exciting day for me. Call day was when I found out that I would be coming down here to St. Luke's to serve as vicar for one whole year. And a few weeks afterwards, I received in an email my first preaching assignment, August 7th. And when I had met Pastor Arp on call day, he had told me that we would all be going through Colossians through this summer. And so I scrolled down the list. I found my name right next to August 7th, found my text, opened up my Bible, and began to read, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality. Whoa. I, I see why we gave this one to the vicar. You know, the, the pastors must have been thinking, well, I don't want to touch this one for sure. And it is true that this text today is a difficult one for us to hear. But also, when I had first met Pastor Arpa on call day, and there are two different memories of this day, but the way I remember it was that Pastor Arp told me that before I showed up for vicarage, I would need to work through the entire book of Colossians, translating each word in the Greek back into English. And I've since learned of Pastor Arp's sense of humor. <laughs> But not wanting to disappoint, I dutifully translated the entire book one week before traveling down here. And well, there was one thing that I noticed as I had translated Colossians, and it's one thing that I think would be helpful for us today with this difficult text for, in front of us. It's something that I noticed that Paul does often. He'll often state that what once was true is now changed and is now new because of Jesus. One example of this is, once you were alienated and hostile in mind towards God, but now Jesus has reconciled us by his blood. That's Colossians 1.21. And again, another example is that the mystery that is the gospel was once hidden for all ages is now revealed to all nations, Colossians 1.26. And I think this pattern of Paul is a helpful thing to keep in mind as we read our text today, that what once was true is now changed and is now new because of Jesus. That how we once lived is now different because of our walk with Jesus. Last week in we heard about Paul. He told us to set our minds on things above. And this week, having set our minds on things above, he's going to get specific about our behaviors. And this week, he's going to tell us what used to be true, but is, and then next week, he's going to tell us what is now true. He's going to tell us what not to do, as much as we all love hearing that, and, well, you'll have to come back next week to find out what to do, I suppose. So, today's text, Paul says that we are not to live in the old ways of life because Jesus did not raise you to a new life so that you may walk in the ways of the old. This old way of life, these, what Paul calls earthly, is simply you before Jesus stepped into your life. It is you without God and you apart from God. 
for some of us, we might not remember a time when Jesus was not a part of our lives. But for others of us, and including the first century Christians in Colossae, the time apart from God, the time before God and faith in Christ was a very recent memory. The ways of life that they lived, the ways that they would uh, behave, the, the ways that were normal for them were very familiar. They were very normal. And despite that, they were living in a culture that was mostly unbelievers. They lived in a culture that didn't see why you would need to change and live and walk in a new way. So Paul gives two lists. The first list, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetedness, all focus on one aspect of the old self. They all focus on the part of you that is the internal desires of the old self. It is the, the internal desires that, that wish to take what God has made for good and twist it and use it for evil. It takes everything that God has made you and tries to do it apart from God. Take sexuality for an example. What God has made for good between husband and wife, the old self and its inner desires seek to twist it for personal pleasure, for personal identity and satisfaction. And it's not hard to imagine the world that the Colossians were living in, floating around in a sea of unbelievers that viewed sexuality very differently, that viewed it in a way of just normal life, whatever you please, you can do. But that was all apart from God. And Paul gives us a second list of five more things. This list of anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk, all these things have to do not with the internal desires, but with what comes out of the old self. These sins of anger all come out of the, the old self because you might think that when you have temptations from the old self, that you can just keep it all in and it'll never show out. But Paul says that's not true. It'll all come out in some way. In the way you talk with other people, in the way you treat other people with your words. And again, it's not hard to imagine the world that the Colossians lived in, where people use their words full of anger and hate to tear down relationships and destroy. And you might even think that, that maybe there's not even, or that maybe the old self isn't that bad, that maybe there's parts of it that are worth keeping around, as if that sometimes it might be good to have just a little bit of anger, Paul says that all these things must be put away. You know, the, the Wichita State Shockers, after their 2013 season, when they made it to the final four of the NCAA tournament, and thus teaching the nation what a woo shock is, afterwards plastered all around Wichita in black and gold letters their team motto, which was, Play Angry. 
And you might think that that was a winning strategy. After all, it got them to the final four. But their motto didn't carry them much further as they've never returned to that spot since. And the truth of it is, is that this old self, this old you apart from God before Jesus stepped into your life, there's nothing good about it. There's nothing honorable, respectable, worth keeping around about it. Because that is the very part of you that once was true, but now is changed. It is the old self that was alienated from God, hostile in mind. But that is not you because of Jesus, who has reconciled you by his blood. This new self given to you by faith in Jesus. For it is Jesus who had nothing bad to put off, but put off his godliness and took on your ungodliness at the cross. It was Jesus who set aside the very thing that made him God, all his power and might, all of his holiness. And it was the wrath of God that was coming for you was poured out on him. And in this divine exchange of righteousness, Jesus Put on your old self so that you may put on his holiness. And so, what are we to do in this life where Paul says to put to death what is earthly in us, to put off the old ways, to stop walking in the direction you were walking, and Walk in the new ways. Walk with Jesus, not without. And it's probably nothing that you haven't experienced before that in your walk with Jesus, you look back and realize that your footsteps have been all over the place. That in your walk with Jesus, you're trying to keep up It feels like you're trying to walk step for step with him, and yet you can never quite match his footprints. And maybe you've even felt this way, that when you come to church, that when we confess our sins, you hear the certain forgiveness, the certain proclamation that you are forgiven, that you are in Christ. And you think, you know, this week, I'm going to do it a little bit better. That this week, I'm going to come, I'm going to show God that I truly mean it. That this week, when, when I come back next week even, that I'm not going to have to confess this sin anymore. This will be the last time I have to do this. And it seems that no matter how hard you try, you just can't quite seem to finally put to death to put off the old ways. And you find yourself wondering, why is this so hard? And the thing is, is there's, there's one truth that you need to know. That you and I, as we live in this world, as we live in this fallen creation, that in our walk with Jesus, we walk with a tension. This is the tension between the old self and the new self. It's the tension between our behaviors as they would be without God and our behaviors as we want them to be 
with God. And it's this tension that exists because although you are certainly and fully redeemed, certainly forgiven, the old self, the old sinful nature still clings to your body. It still hangs around you, not wanting to let go until one day when the old flesh will finally fail and God will raise you to life in him. But for this walk with Christ, we walk in a tension between the old self and the new self. Two wonders I confess, my worth and my unworthiness, my ransom paid, my value fixed at the cross, as we just sang. And it's frustrating, isn't it? That as mat- no matter how hard we want to do good, we want to try and do better, that old self keeps dragging us down, wishing and wanting us to walk away from God in a new direction. And it's, it's not simply something outside of you, but it's a very inside of you, in your very body, from the very chemical reactions, the hormones, even to the very firing and wiring of your neurons in your brain. The old sinful self desperately wants you to walk away from God, along with the unbelieving world and the enemy. They all wish that you would trip, fall, and turn away. So what hope is there? What can we do in this time of trial, of temptation, of testing? What chance do we have to take one step in the right direction? Because you might think that this new life is one about trying to be better, about trying to minimize as much as you can of the old self and maximize the good works, that if you could just get rid of all your sin and never sin again, then you would be worthy of Jesus. Then you would finally be allowed to walk and take a step with him. But that's just not how it is. Because you are on this walk of Jesus because of what Jesus has done not because of what you have done. This walk with Jesus, each trembling step you take, is held up by our Lord. Excuse me. Because last week we heard that what we are to do is to set our minds on things above. That we are to set our mind on Christ. Because it is him who leads and guides us. That in our walk with Jesus, we are to set aside the old behaviors. We are to walk in the new. And in this tension, of in this tempting, where the old self is always nagging, always persisting, that we can set our minds on things above. Remembering that we are not that old self. That we are not defined by our old behaviors, but we are defined by Christ. That it once was true that we lived like this, but now it is new. Now it is new, not because of what you do, but because of Jesus. 
So as you go about this week, as you think about, or as you are continually tested by the old flesh, testing your inner desires, twisting them away from God, as you think about what comes out, what of your words and how you use them, that you do not use them to hurt, you do not use them to destroy, but you use them to encourage and build up that in your walk with Jesus, you would walk by faith, trusting in him who carries you through. For it was not Jesus who raised you to life just so you could live in the old ways. For Jesus has raised you to new life so that you may walk with him, step by step, trusting in Jesus in all things. In Jesus' name, amen.